0: been on the racetrack since he was eight years old. After 64 years of this racetrack life, he too was sore and tired. Like the bull weevil in the song, he was looking for a home. He knew he would always have work as long as he could work. But where was it wrote that he had to rub horses till the day he died? And as for the medicine he could do, and which long ago gave him his name, best folks forgot about that and in these parts, so far they had. Up ahead was Doocy Gifford, walking Grizzly, her moneymaker. Grizzly was the opposite end of the mound, a used-up stakes horse, a miler, nerved in his feet, who knew everything. Medicine Ed liked to devil her. Why don't you give that old boy his rest? How old Grizzly be by now? Fourteen? Fifteen? He's twelve, Doocy said like she always said. And he don't need no rest. Grizzly knows what comes next for him in this world. After me, I mean. He likes things the way they are. I bet you done told him, you hard-nosed old half-man. That's right, I told him. He'd rather run. Madison Ed laughed a little. I reckon that grizzly nerved and all four feet, he said. I know he don't feel no pain. Hell, he is, Two's plenty, Doocy snapped. Her watery eyes looked shifty in their pouches, and whether she'd be lying or not, Medicine Ed couldn't tell. Anyhow, Grizzly got heart. He could run without feet, she said. And which he do, Medicine Ed thought, and he walked on with the red youngster. Doocy called back to Ed now. You got something in tonight? Zeno ship up this big three arrow for the fourth. Give him a race. They went their two ways with their night-and-day cheap horses, and suddenly they were wrastling the two of them like broncs. It had come a one of them death squawks from an automobile spring, which you heard when some ignorant individual attempted to bust into the backside of Indian Mound Downs by the back gate. The four horses still on the hot-walking machine taken off, galloping foolishly in the pink cloud round the pole like they did on any excuse— It was a dirt-caked and crumpled white Pontiac Grand Prix, ten years old, longer and lower than it ought to be, resembling a flattened shoebox with its front bumper hanging down on one side. A girl was driving it, a stranger girl with round blind man sunglasses and two fat brown pigtails sticking out frizzly from a small head, She must have hit that puddle flying since the Grand Prix bounced right out again. Red clay water squirted on all sides like cream of tomato soup. The stall man, Suitcase Smithers, stepped out of the racing secretary shack, brushing donut crumbs off the soft bag of guts that pushed out his lime pastel short-sleeved shirt and gray-striped suspenders. He was an unhealthy-looking man of drained cement color, and in that aggravating way he had of never looking straight at nobody, he said past, not into, the open window of the Pontiac, What is your business on this racetrack, miss? I would like to talk to the stall superintendent, Mr. Vernon Smithers, said the girl. Are you him? He was him. She said, like they always said, that she worked for a horseman from Charlestown, or could have been Laurel. Pocono Downs. He was on the road right now with three, four, five horses. She had come ahead to get the stalls ready. Suitcase read her the sign that hung over the back gate Racetrack Business Use Front Gate Only. She stood there. Dusty sweat was gluing her eyebrows together. She wiped across them with the fat part of her hand. Talk to Archie in the green uniform said Suitcase, nodding at the faraway gatehouse. I talked to Archie in the green uniform. Well, I'm gonna tell you the same as what Archie told you. Suitcase cleared his throat. I got no stalls. Tommy Hansel called ahead, she said, like they always said. Her frizzly dirt-brown pigtails stuck out another inch. Henry who? Suitcase said. You don't walk in a busy...